Good morning. This is the Eager Beaver Show. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Good morning, and hello, kids, and welcome to Season 3 and Episode number 271 of the Daily Beaver Morning Show here on the Cryer Media Network. Yeah! Today, recording day, is Tuesday, December 12th, 2023, and it looks like it's going to be a nice day here at the Beaver Lodge. I'm your host, the Eager Beaver Pronouns, he, him, he, Mr. Beaver A, and with me as always is my good friend, Mr. Grizzly. A big thank you goes to our uh, our podcast founding sponsors, The Pepper Master, The Misfee Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. We have a little nibble for you today, but before we do anything else, let's say good morning to Mr. Grizzly and ask, how's your mental health doing today, sir? Well, sir, you know, I uh, went to bed early. I woke up really early. <laughs> which is never fun and then uh proceeded to fall back to sleep again you know what i'm I'm in great spirits today so the mental health is good here's where the the things go a little sideways on me is i'm 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 physically feeling off okay i don't want to say i'm getting sick but you know when your body feels like that yep the the slow achy tired yep head's fine throat's fine no cough no fever no nothing like that I, I think it's just well what ellen says right here just tired of the dark days <laughs> that might be very much what it is you know i have seasonal affective disorder uh, along with adhd and depression and anxiety a lot of the uh, ease and uh Sometimes it all adds up with medication and, and therapy and meditation and, you know, doing all the things I can do and discussing it. Still, sometimes it just, it breaks through, you know, and uh, I, th- I think that's where I am right now. But eh, who knows? Maybe I'll feel better once I get to work and have a couple of cups of coffee into me because I'm out of coffee. So I'm drinking chai. Uh-huh. And don't get me wrong. I love chai. I do. But for me, chai is like a three in the afternoon drink, not a... <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning yep, drink yep yep i hear you just i need it i need something with a bit of a punch <laughs> oh man uh well maybe today's episode will provide it um what the I, hell is on my cup sorry <laughs> uh i've been fighting as i was going to say i'm having problems with inanimate objects yes, as we've yes. just had proof <laughs> the last of days for some reason i had a hair tie in my hair the other day that just would not come out no matter what i did and i needed my beaver sweetie to get it out for me without trying to cut my hair it was stuck in my hair like it was gum uh this morning when i woke up my earring was stuck in my pillow so i had to like pull it out and two nights ago my apap machine for some reason because an apap is different than a cpap a cpap provides you like constant pressure but an apap the pressure goes up and down depending on where you need it for some reason in the middle of the sleep the pressure decided to go up 
fast oh so hard so it looked I, it woke, jolted me from my sleep and it felt like i had like somebody that put a hand over my head scared mm -hmm. me the f out i have not used it since <laughs> and i'm uh, waiting uh, for a call and like out. um why did my machine attack me <laughs> so ah uh, so yeah it's been uh, there's ghost in a machine there's some weird juju in the air uh, uh, i i i seen the movie maximum overdrive from by, from by stephen king when all the machines sort of decide they're going to take over the world because mm. they're fed up with us yeah wondering if there's a little of that going on right now <laughs> anyway it's possible possible and according to the kits uh it seems that we've hit 500 on youtube oh cool we started the day at Very 499 cool. and 500 joined so there you go so let's start with some you know what let's make this a happier show why not? Okay, I can go for that. Yeah, let's start with a. Uh, I kind of need that right now. Yeah, well, I'm going to start with some Canadians who uh, who have done us proud. It's going to be uh, sports heavy in that case, uh, in this case, kids. But yesterday, basketball star Shai Gilgis Alexander was named as the 2023 recipient of the Northern Star Award, which is administered by the Toronto Star, as Canada's Athlete of the Year. They've changed the name of the award uh, this year. And it's just the, he's just the second basketball player ever to earn the honor, following in the footsteps of Hall of Famer Steve Nash, who won it in 2005. Gilgis Alexander was an all-star guard at uh, the FIBA World Cup, where he put up 31 points and 12 assists in the bronze medal game, as Canada defeated the United States to win his first ever medal at the Men's Basketball Global Tournament. We talked about it on the show. And uh, that came just days after he helped Team Canada qualify for its first men's Olympic basketball tournament since Cindy 2000. And... As a member of the NBA, as the uh, on the team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, he was named All NBA First Team for the 2022-23 season, averaging 31.4 points per game, and he's off to a pretty good start this season with 30.5 points per game and a league-leading 2.8 steals per game. Um, there were several finalists, including hammer throw world champion Cameron Rogers, swimming world champion and world record holder Summer McIntosh, who just set two world records, the 400 IM and the 400 free, hockey star Connor McDavid, golfer Nick Taylor, who became the first Canadian in 69 years to win the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, I am sure that uh, Maggie McNeil was probably in contention, having won five medals at the Pan Ams. She and just... She did win an award for winning the most devils uh, medals yep. at a Pan Am game. There's a separate award for that that she just received, I saw. Yeah, exactly. And my sort of dark horse favorite would have been Marina Stakusic, uh, the young tennis player who uh, pretty much single-handedly uh, helped Team Canada win the Billie Jean King World Cup of Tennis by playing mm, yes. out of her mind uh, during, the, uh, during the finals. So, very proud of our athletes. They're doing us very well. And uh, I'm sure that we will have uh, the awards for uh, Male Athlete of the Year, Female Athlete of the Year, and Team of the Year coming up soon because they usually follow uh, quite quickly. Um, in other sports, figure skating, the Grand Prix, ISU Grand Prix, just took place. So, over the course of the year, there are six figure skating events, and the skaters accumulate points in the top six in each event, go battle it out uh, for the big prize. And that usually precedes all the national championships and then the world's championships. And we had uh, in the seniors uh, a certain number of teams that qualified. We had no single skaters, but we had uh, some pair skaters and uh, our ice dancers. We had three of the six uh, teams in ice dance were Canadian. Two of the six were uh, in uh, just uh, pair skating. Uh, the, spare, the difference is pair skating has the jumps and ice dance doesn't. Uh, made the final. So uh, reigning Canadian pairs champions Diana Stellato Dudek and Maxime Deschamps took home the bronze in pairs, and it was a very tight competition because between in for, between first and third place, there was only two point one three points separating them. And uh, oh, as wow. we mentioned uh, about Diana Stellato Dudek, she's forty. Kicking ass and taking names. Yep, she decided that she just liked skating so much that she wanted to come back and. Proof that you're never too old. Mm, you're never clearly. too old. Uh, we also had Leah Pereira and Trent Bichot who qualified for the Paris final. They placed six in the competition. In ice dance, we had Laurence Fournier-Baudry and Nikolai Sorensen, as well as Marjorie Lajoie and Zachary Laga, who finished fifth and sixth, respectively, with 
Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier taking the bronze in that event, just less than two points, fewer than two points back from the second place team in that. We also had some juniors in uh, pairs. I don't have their names handy, uh, but they finished second and third at uh, the ISU Grand Prix juniors. So um, they, uh, as we say in French, la relève, the next generation is doing quite fine. Thank you very much. Uh, all these teams will probably be competing at the nationals that which will be held in January in Calgary. So uh, watch out for them. In uh, long short track speed skating, uh, Jordan Pierre Gilles won three gold medals at the most recent stop in Beijing. Wow. He won gold in both 500 meter events on the weekend. They had one on the Friday and on the Saturday. And given that he won uh, the gold and that distance in October in Montreal, he's won all three races at 500 meters wow. this year. So uh, keep your. Uh, Eyes out for him uh, come next Winter Olympics. Stephen Dubois made it a gold-silver podium in the second 500-meter race. And William Danchidou uh, got a bronze medal in the 1,500-meter, and it's his third podium of the season. All three skaters, along with Pascal Diel, combined to win in the 5,000-meter relay. So that's a big weekend for Canada there. And long track, okay. Laurent Dubreuil skated to gold and silver, got silver by 0 0.07 seconds wow yes <laughs> behind gold that's a photo finish yes, for sure indeed that's the, fa the fastest sport on ice speed skating uh so that was in the two 500 meter races that were held in poland ivani blonde from ottawa captured a silver mm -hmm. medal in the women's mass start and sits her third po podium in mass start out of four races this season and then she teamed with Valérie Maltin and Beatrice Lamarche for the silver medal in the women's team pursuit. And that's the second straight World Cup medal in the event for that uh, team. Uh, Mikhail Kingsbury, the king. The king. The king. Uh, had, quote unquote, a slow start by winning a bronze in Finland for the first event, but then uh, went back to his regular ways, winning gold in dual moguls and single moguls in Sweden. He now has 118 World Cup podiums in 138 He's 31. Starts. Yeah. He's 31. He's 31. 118 in 138 starts. That is probably a record that will stand long after we're gone. Yep. And as we mentioned I, I mean, in previous shows last year, I think he's like one of the probably the person with the greatest amount of uh audience period per start in any sport. well not only that he is uh in his sport he is the greatest athlete in the history of that sport to ever take part in it yep. so much so that his win loss record he has more wins than any other individual athlete in an individual sport across all sports yep it's ridiculous ridiculous like it, nobody even comes close nope. I think he has something like a 68 or 69% winning percentage where somebody like uh, um, uh, oh, Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, uh, Tiger Woods. Exactly. It's all these incredible athletes don't have anywhere near the win percentage that he does. It's just, it's just insane. It's, I would almost say he's a machine, but I've seen him in an interview. He's not. <laughs> uh, in ski jumping, because I remember we talked about that the other day because you had met uh, uh, the father of a young lady who uh, won the bronze in the team ski jumping at the last Winter Olympics. Uh, well, a member of that team, Alexandria Lautit, uh, flew to silver in the normal hill event and bronze medal in the large hill event at the season opening World Cup ski jumping stop in Lillehammer, Norway. Like, our athletes are really racking stuff up. In the free oh, yeah. ski halfpipe, Amy Fraser got her first cup a World Cup medal of the season, taking bronze in the half pipe uh, in a secret guard in China. And Dylan Glennie earned uh, their second top five finish on the World Cup circuit in that event. Jared Schmidt earned his first career victory in ski cross, I believe it is. Yes, that's when all, all, uh, mm -hmm. all four skiers uh, race down at the same time uh, on a hill that has lots of uh, bumps and turns. Uh, but he got it after... Uh, the competitor from France had actually got eliminated for having had contact with another racer. So he got bumped up to gold. It's his third World Cup podium, in, uh, and but his first in two years. 
and Brittany Phelan won the silver in the women's big final for her 13th career World Cup podium. And that's uh, after she had finished fourth in the season opening race. So again, doing very well. Uh, Marion, Marion Thierry sorry, won a gold medal in aerials at the World Cup opener in Ruka, Finland. And that's her third World Cup victory. And Elliot Grandin got his hands on a gold medal in snowboard cross um, in Les Deux Alpes, France. And that's his fourth career World Cup victory and 10th podium for him. And he was third overall last season's World Cup standings. Um, we have, there's a lot more. Uh, but I will save them uh, for shows because I like to have them uh, for Easter eggs sometimes, a uh, little Canadian Sudoist proud moment. Uh, but since our, our show got uh, thrown out a little bit uh, for today, I thought it might be a good idea to actually just celebrate some Canadians who have done us proud. Um, in other news uh, that might be quite big, uh, yesterday the government of Canada had announced the long-awaited dental program. Dental program. It is yeah. now official. Um, is it perfect? Absolutely not. Is it way better than what we had? The, the, the uh, yes. Uh, the senior cutoff I thought was kind of strange. You, the senior starts at eighty-two. No. Like, no. No yeah, eighty-seven. That's what I read. Oh, yep. eighty-seven. Worse. No, no, yeah, no, worse. no. Not worse. It starts starts at 87 so the program starts this month yeah you need to be 87 years old to be eligible no. for it. <laughs> that's not how it works the program is being rolled out that's yes, what no. i understood the program is being rolled out over time so in december which is this month here people who are 87 and older get to register and then as time goes by younger and younger age groups get to enroll as uh as it then it covers everyone. So um, right now it's 87. I get that, but what I'm saying is 87 seems like a ridiculous number to start at. Well, they want to start it right now. That's my personal opinion. Yes, I still think it's, they should have lowered it a little bit. 87, like most 87 year olds, if they still have teeth, really don't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's, I think it's really old is what I'm saying to start, to start okay. a program. That's my personal opinion. Maybe you feel differently about it, but I'm like, you know, most 80-year-olds I know and up have false teeth. So. <laughs> it just seems a little ridiculous okay. is all I'm saying. I, I think they could have started okay. at a lower age. 75 I see that. maybe. Um, I, I personally think that that may have been a little trickier to do considering that we are already the, the 12th of the month. Uh, but hey, mm -hmm. that's, I don't know. <laughs> well, again, like I said, it's, it's my personal opinion. Maybe I, I don't have any research to back up why I think my opinion is better. It's just an opinion. Yeah. That's it. I didn't do any of the research into uh, how they were going to roll this out, what their implementation plan was. So, you know, I just thought 87. Wow. Yep. Indeed. They'll probably have very low enrollment. Well, I'm mean, guessing that's that's what was a, a decision that was made strat strategically to be able to say that they're starting this month. Uh, so they they picked a small group that uh, didn't have a lot because also the dentists have to be able to bring them on board as well, right? Mm -hmm. So they need mm -hmm. some time as well. Um, but yes, it uh, does start uh, with 87 and up, and then the age groups will get lower and lower and lower. And for some reason, I cannot find the tweet that I wrote about this yesterday uh, until we get to uh, 65 and up. Uh, when that happens, I believe that will be in May uh, of next year. Uh, and uh, there will be an online portal open at that time uh, that will be ready. Uh, in June of next year, um, children under 18 and uh, people receiving uh, disability benefits will be included. And then uh, at the start of 2025, uh, everybody 18 to 64 then will be included. So um, that's uh, that's what we're going with that. Um, families with an income uh, of $90,000 or less will qualify. And the program, once it is fully implemented, will be covering about 9 million Canadians. 9 million. Mm. That's a lot of people yes. 
who may not be receiving regular dental care whatsoever. Yes. And as we know, oral health is often an indication of general health. And there are things that happened in the mouth that can cause uh, serious diseases uh, elsewhere. So um, good oral care is preventive medicine. uh, Heart disease is a big one. Pardon? Heart disease is a big one. Uh, uh, Proper oral health care can determine whether you are a uh, possible candidate for early onset of heart disease and can prevent um, some terrible things that happen as a result of that. Uh, This is... I, I just, hmm, yep. how do I say this uh, delicately? I know a few people who uh, passed away from cardiac events due to lack of dental care. Mm-hmm. It was a direct, it was, it was a direct result. Mm-hmm. According to Harvard Health uh, Publishing at the Harvard Medical School, um, it says a number of, a number of theories have been proposed uh, uh, to answer why would cardiovascular disease and poor oral health be connected. One, the bacteria that infects the gums and causes gingivitis for, and periodontitis, sorry, periodontitis, I can't say that word, periodontitis, also travel to blood vessels elsewhere in the body where they cause blood vessel inflammation and damage. Tiny blood clots, heart attack, and stroke may follow. Supporting this idea is the finding of remnants of oral bacteria within arthrosclerotic blood vessels far from the mouth. Mm-hmm. Then again, antibiotic treatment has not proven effective at reducing cardiovascular risk. Rather than bacteria causing the problem, it's the body's immune response, inflammation that sets off a cascade of vascular damage throughout the body, including heart and brain. And then another theory uh, that they're looking at is that there may not be a direct connection between gum disease and cardiovascular disease, but the reason they may occur together is that there's a third factor, such as smoking, that's a risk factor for both conditions. Yes. Other potential co-founders include poor access to health care and lack of exercise, perhaps people without health insurance who do, or who do not take good care of their overall health. I'm having trouble today. Or do not take care of their overall health are more likely to have poor oral health and heart disease. So, um, Along with um, uh, alcohol and drug abuse also is a contributing factor as well. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So this is a, a very good, uh, very, very good initiative. I'm fully supportive of it. Like I am and like we are of the National Food mm-hmm. School Program, School Food Program. And um, something happened yesterday. Mr. Grizzly, um, you uh, shared something that someone wrote on one of our shorts. Oh, yeah. As a comment. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, they weren't really into it. No. Not at all. And, um, well, I decided to respond to this person. <laughs> I gave them a quick response, but mine was kind of pointed to the, you know, along the lines of, you know, you're, you're cherry picking and you're, you're like dismissing, you're dismissing reality, you're cherry picking and you, you completely glossed over that, that the vaccine manufacturing in Canada ended under Brian Mulroney. That never got mentioned. Yeah. But you, you went for the throat, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so this person, um, basically responded to one of the shorts and started with, he gave two responses to Mr. Grizzly. The first one was theatrics. It's Trudeau who was the high school drama teacher. It is spending on all the government programs that created the deficit that's driven up inflation, inflation, which has made groceries, housing, etc., unaffordable exercise, some restraint in government spending. So people don't need subsidies to live. Wow. Yup. How ignorant can these guys be about how our economic problems originated? The declining productivity of Canada is the outcome of Trudeau's mismanagement. Thanks to his belief that the budget will balance itself, tax dollars that should finance these social programs are being spent on interest charges on our growing trillion-dollar national debt, the largest ever in our history. Before I retired, I used to find this in the lecture hall. Quote, why doesn't the government just pay for everything? I try not to reduce conversations to applying labels, but as you, all caps, 
private industry and blame international circumstances and oligopoly, I suspect you prefer socialism to capitalism, and that perspective will render this conversation futile. I am well enough informed to have earned some acclaim as a published columnist and have won several elections. Maybe like me, you do have 20 years in office dying to grapple with problems ranging from stagflation to a federal government offloading the cost of programs it created, but I'll thank you not to lecture me about civics. And I'm old enough to remember Justin's Christmas Day birthday. He grew up immersed in politics. To suggest he experienced a pre-political life is disingenuous on your part. Unfortunately, his self-confessed place of privilege did not confer any sense of noblesse oblige upon him. Instead, he used it as an excuse for his multiple blackface episodes and other tone-deaf faux pas. That he masquerades as a champion of the middle class is a tribute to his theater arts training and a confirmation of of Canadian gullibility. He learned manipulation and duplicity at his father's knee and how to run budgetary deficits. Throughout Pierre's extended tenure, he never once accrued a surplus, even in the years of plenty. He set in motion the debt obligations that Chrétien Martin translated into downloading in an attempt to remedy the nation's precarious finances. You might recall the desperate cost to society that came with having to finally pay down the debt. I don't know how that played out in Polly's world, but it provided much content for me as I decried and print the callous actions of Chrétien's feckless liberals and the Harris reformatories. I don't really want to wade into a debate about this mismanagement of our COVID response. I do recall how long we had to cower in place because our vaccine supply was so late in arriving. I believe Israel was administering booster shots before we could be vaccinated, and some neighboring U.S. states were treating Canadians' guests before jabs could be had here. COVID will provide historians with much fodder as they shed light on the journey of the blind leading the blind. Long before COVID, Justin had resumed the Trudeau family tradition of deficits as the signature aspect of fiscal policy. The quantitative easing of putting too much money into circulation is the definition of inflation. The Trudeau's personal wealth inoculated both father and son against any anxiety about profligate spending and the consequential burdens of debt payments. I'd commend for your consideration a reading of Young Trudeau, 1919-1920. 44, son of Quebec, father of Canada, the first volume of the authorized Trudeau biography. In detailing Pierre's fascist sympathies, it helps explain why I, not old enough to have lived through war, have had to endure martial law twice in my lifetime. We've been schooled not to expect the machinery of tyranny to be deployed by the left, but it's become one of the hallmarks of Trudeau liberalism. It's been disconcerting as a child of the Enlightenment tradition to realize that Hobbes got it more right than Rousseau. I'll cede the final word to you. Frankly, I'm not impressed with how easily you resort to leveling personal accusations as an aspect of your polemic style. You would do well not to so readily pigeonhole those who challenge your contention that the premier level of government, the one that controls the money supply that feeds inflation, can be held so smugly blameless. Okay. So let me address a lot one there. A lot. A lot of gibberish, too. The one thing I want to address that I haven't had a chance to address with him yet was, yes, I prefer socialism to capitalism because that's why I work 75 hours a week, because I'm a socialist. (laughs) Between socialist (laughs) and capitalism, there is a big spectrum. And part of it is just caring about people (laughs) other than you. Okay. So... um, Mr. Cal's got it right. It's a word salad that sounds impressive, but overall says nothing and is factually incorrect on a ton of levels. And oh boy, so I, so comments show up in, in, my, um, in my email uh, because I commented that as myself, not as, as, uh, right. as true North Eager Beaver. So it, it, the email comes directly to me. So I just looked at it and went, I just read his email and I forwarded it to you because I said, I thought you may want to see this. I'll respond when I have the time. And you took it upon yourself to respond. Yes. <laughs> and here it is, kids, for your listening enjoyment. Dear Mr. It's a doozy. Dear Mr. Starkey, because with the information he gave about the column and the serving and the, you know, the numbers, it appears with numbers or whatnot, but when you click, you, I found out that this person was named John Starkey. Mm-hmm. Dear Mr. Starkey, Thank you for your messages. It would seem indeed appropriate that Mr. Atkinson lecture you on civics because you do appear to have forgotten yours. Your 19 years on Brantford City Council and time spent penning a municipal affairs column for the Brantford Expositor possibly could have provided you some insight on municipal civics. We currently have several provincial premiers and federal MPs currently in office who don't seem to know the first thing about civics. You'll forgive me for being skeptical about there being any direct relation between holding office and actual knowledge of civics. 
You reduce Mr. Trudeau's experience as a teacher to the subject of drama, but a quick search of Wikipedia shows that not only does he possess a Bachelor of Education degree from the University of British Columbia, but also that he started his career in Vancouver, where he became a substitute teacher at local schools such as Killarney Secondary and worked permanently as a French and math teacher at the private West Point Gray Academy. In fact, it would seem that he spent so little time as a drama teacher that it wasn't worthy of being noted. And if you've ever met a drama teacher, you'd be quite impressed with how hard they work, especially if they take on the duty of producing a play or two per year. Your selective cherry-picking from his resume to paint a picture of him that does not reflect accurately that which his career has been would seem to indicate that you are starting your commentary off on a rather disingenuous foot. Selective fact-relating is usually the domain of sophists and those with an agenda to frame truth or reality as other than it really is. Not a great debut for one who claims to not require being lectured on civics. Would you not agree? Your assessment as to that which has driven up inflation is only very partially correct. All government spending, regardless of whether it is on programs or not, that results in annual deficit can drive up inflation. But that can't be all there is, because according to the Department of Finance fiscal reference tables, in the years before Harper became prime minister, there were nine consecutive years of budgetary surpluses from 1997 to 2007. However, if I look to inflation rates during that period, they were 1.62% in 1997 and 1% in 1998, respectively then ranged from 1.73% to 2.76% in the years during which we paid down the most debt, despite that we recorded a surplus of over $79 billion over those eight years. Comparatively, during the first eight years of the Harper era, the alleged trained economists managed to produce a deficit of almost $127 billion. During that period, inflation ranged from 0.3% to 2.91%. It would seem there is not necessarily a direct relationship between spending and inflation. This is further borne out by the fact from 2015 to 2020, the first few years of Prime Minister Trudeau's tenure, in which he engaged in deficit spending, inflation ranged between 0.72% and 2.27%. It actually never reached a rate higher than in both the final nine years of the Chrétien-Martin era, nor the first eight years of the Harper era. Curious that. From 2021-2022, it was 3.4%, and 2022-2023, it was 6.8%. This coincides precisely with the COVID era, as Mr. Atkinson explained to you. So in response to your question, quote, how ignorant can these guys be about how our economic problems originated? It would seem that the answer objectively backed up by data is, quote, far, far, far less than are you, sir. It would appear that Prime Minister Trudeau did not engage in any mismanagement prior to COVID. Furthermore, given that the Canadian economy has emerged from the COVID crisis rather strong on a macroeconomic level without sending us into recession, this would be more evidence of proper management and not mismanagement. Even this year's second quarter numbers, which had come in initially at minus 0.2%, were recently revised upwards to 1.4%, which means we haven't even had a single quarter of negative growth since emerging from the worst of the pandemic. You also engaged in more selective fact-relating by stating the PM said, the budget will balance itself. For future reference, the full quote from which you cherry-picked that phrase is, quote, the, com- this co- the commitment needs to be a commitment to grow the economy, and the budget will balance itself. This way, the way that conservatives were doing it, they're artificially fixing a target of a balanced budget in an election year, and they're going through all kinds of twists and bends to get it just right and the timing just right in the announcement. And that's irresponsible. What you need to do is create an economy that works for Canadians, works for middle-class Canadians, and allows young people to find a job, allows seniors to feel secure in their retirement. That's the full quote. I will also remind you that following the crash of 2008, the previous government sent us into a second minor recession by having cut necessary deficit spending far too quickly against the advice of most economists, which would indicate that Prime Minister Trudeau's assessment of fixing a target and not being flexible enough to alter it as conditions require is indeed correct. It is an irresponsible decision. The highest debt-to-GDP ratio realized in the final years of the Harper era was 55.85% in 2013. Prior to the pandemic, under Prime Minister Trudeau, the highest it reached was 54.206%, which is lower. Following COVID, it jumped to 73.728% in 2021 when the government instituted programs to keep us both whole and alive, and dropping to 66.357% as of March of this year. So it seemed that the government is indeed taking necessary steps to get us back to a healthier range. And at this pace, 
and at a pace that will not send us into recession. Again, this would be a sign of good management, not mismanagement, as you erroneously claim. Mr. Atkinson's question, what did you expect the federal government to do, let us die, is therefore rather relevant. A civics lesson you appear to have forgotten is that the government is the best place to take on massive debt when individuals can't, particularly since it assumed that the life expectancy of a nation will be longer than that of any individual. COVID was such an occasion. In your initial post, the only fact you got correct was that the debt is higher or the highest that it has ever been. While, of course, conveniently obeying the reason for that, and that pretty much all of our near peer nations faced similar situations and contexts. In your second post, you start by resorting to an extreme by citing, Why doesn't the government just pay for everything? Which is just silly. As the only thing for which we were advocating is a national school food program, which materially is in the best long term interest of the nation and the economy. In order to have a healthy economy, an essential element is having a workforce that is both educated and healthy enough to work. Given it has been established beyond any doubt that hungry children don't learn as well, why wouldn't we want to maximize the investment in education by increasing, sizably, the odds that those in whom we are investing are in peak condition to learn? In addition, well-fed children grow up to be healthier adults. A national food program, therefore, is a twofer. To be against it is to be against basic sense, in addition to decency, not to mention the most selfish self-interest of capitalism itself. Then you proceed to assume things of Mr. Atkinson that you cannot possibly know to be true, such as, I suspect you prefer socialism to capitalism. Then you say, quote, and that perspective will render this conversation futile, but yet you pursue the conversation, which to me is an indication that you didn't really suspect that which you claimed to suspect, because where's the logic in proceeding with a conversation if you've already convinced yourself it will be futile? Wouldn't that actually be a futile use of your time? You then go on to refer to your political and writing career as some kind of proof that you know more than does he or do we, but the acclaim you claim once was yours did not make you more knowledgeable when it comes to civics and certainly didn't give you superior research argumentation, logic, or deductive reasoning skills. You then go on and on and on and on about a whole bunch of subjects with long ago debunked, debunked Conservative Party of Canada talking points that have no evidence and objective reality to support them. You dishonor yourself by bringing up blackface to counter Mr. Atkinson's accurate claim that he had a life before politics. You decided to interpret that as he had a totally non-political life prior to entering politics, which nobody claimed. In fact, if you ever bothered to listen to our show, you know that we frequently state that having grown up in a political family makes it such he learned about the subject up close and personal. You torque that into, quote, he learned manipulation and duplicity at his father's knee, thus making me wonder at whose knee did you learn it, because if this screen of yours is not a masterclass in manipulation and duplicity, what is? You ignore the fact that according to the infamous liberal think tank, the Fraser Institute, Prime Minister Mulroney added much more to the national debt than Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau when claiming it was the latter who set in motion the debt obligations that Chrétien Martin translated into downloading in an attempt to remedy the nation's precarious finances. You then say, quote, I don't really want to wade into a debate about the mismanagement of our COVID response, but then you do. You claim, I do recall how long we had to cower in place because our vaccine supply was so late in arriving. You recall incorrectly. According to Wikipedia, healthcare institutions began administering the first 30,000 doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine in Canada on December 14th, and Israel started its campaign on the 19th of December 2020. You also forget that Israel provided Pfizer with medical data about its citizens as part of the deal, and that's the reason for which we had a, and that the reason for which we had a delay in early vaccine receipt was because the manufacturing plant from which we were getting ours, which was not the same from which Israel was getting theirs, ceased production to perform quote plant upgrades at a facility in Belgium. Our regular schedule started up again on February eighteenth, twenty twenty one. You also claim, I believe Israel was administering booster shots before we could be vaccinated. That is incorrect. According to Reuters, the first booster shot against COVID-19 to the over 60s in Israel was announced on July 29th, 2021. Again, our problems were resolved on February 18th. That's a long gap. Everything else that follows in your reply is merely Trudeau bashing, talking about their personal wealth, alleged fascist sympathies of the father, who is now compost, by the way, none of which is relevant to the issue of a national school food program. You conclude with, 
Frankly, I'm not impressed with how easily you resort to leveling personal accusation as an aspect of your polemic style, though your discourse uses the same style for which you admonish us. However, unlike ours, yours is not based on any fact, empirical data, and you've dispensed with the fundamentals of Aristotelian logic in your argumentation, which frankly doesn't impress us. And for your final flourish. You would do well not to so readily pigeonhole those who challenge your contention that the premier level of government, the one that controls the money supply that fuels inflation, can be held so smugly blameless. To that we counter, and you, sir, would do well to not so readily pigeonhole as ignorant and socialist while relying on a claim of days gone by. From having been elected to municipal government and having been giving a column in a local paper, our show has national carriage and earned that based on the demonstrated quality of our product over time and not from whatever local celebrity we amassed from having held elected office, for what that's worth. People who clearly understand both the subject matter and civics far better than you do. The smugness of which you accuse is that which you are guilty in speaking to us so condescendingly while attempting to intimidate us with your past acclaim into cowering before that which you misassumed was your superior life experience and intellect. You, sir, are simply wrong. You sauntered into our arena, chin up ass out, thinking we were easy pickings because we're just schmoes. But those schmoes we are, we are well-informed schmoes. And today you've been flattened. Being informed is a choice. Sir, it is so sad that you have chosen otherwise. And with that, I say, good day. That gets a salute. Because that was a beat down. A beat down. Factually correct. With the receipts to back it up. That is how you do it, folks. That's why he does what he does. That's why I'm the tech guy. <laughs> Your queen beaver lives to serve. Well, it's <laughs> like when you sent me that, I was like, holy shit, you were pissed. <laughs> I was totally pissed. Yeah. Well, and I had... I've been elected know. and I had a column, so I know. Oh, yeah? Mm. Got a little sign language on here. You can spin on this. Yeah, I've, I've responded to people like that in my past with, with a little bit simpler statements. Uh you know when they they'll be bragging about well you know I you know I drive an M5 and I have a, a summer home and I make all this money I'm like yeah I have an eight inch penis I win fuck you see <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm gonna get in so much trouble for that <laughs> I'm gonna get in so much trouble for that one but you know sometimes it's all I've got because I've got no money I don't own a damn thing. I, I pay everything to live on this earth. That's the one thing I win with. <laughs> I, I sorry, mom. Speechless. I oh, I I <laughs> I did I I did not see that coming. Sometimes it's all I've got, though. Like I said, I don't have any money. I don't own anything. Hell, I don't even have a car anymore. I had to sell that just to keep my head above water. I mean, I'm a working class stiff. I accept, I accept that. I know what my lot in life is, but I'm not an idiot. And I'm not going to let people put one over on me. And if that's my only response sometimes, that's all I've got. But, you know. Oh, my God. I don't recommend that you use a response like that. It's probably no. not for the best. No. You got to remember, I did work construction for 29 years. So... There's a culture there. <clears throat> Trust me when I say I hold back these days. You have no idea how much I hold back. <laughs> Ooh, the kids seem to like that response. I'm seeing lots of fire flames. And uh, I wonder if the Starkey guy will even read this or just feel self-satisfied about his pompous comment. Oh, I'm sure that's all it'll be. Yeah. Ooh, fire. This is a fantastic response. Well said, Queen. Mr. Beaver would have been intense during the Shakespeare years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a future t-shirt according to linda m uh, kitlin m t-shirt well-informed schmo <laughs> there you go there you go ah oh, thank you kids thank you thank you thank you thank you so much <laughs> speedless rants for the win <laughs> so what we've learned this morning is douglas is a champ and bridget is a happy happy lady you guys are awesome <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, uh, 
I'm not going to say oh, anything. Oh, you kids. Oh, oh, this is a family was a, That was a, you took him to the woodshed on that one, though, and, and, uh, and schooled him. Because he expected, he expected something like, go fuck yourself, which I was yep. not going to do. I was not going to do that. I, uh, I, I had a quick response, basically. I don't even know what I said. What did I say? Mm. Well, I mean, I did tell him to go F himself. I just used a lot of words to do it. Yes, yes. You were just much more creative. (laughs) Petty is my favorite color. (laughs) But this wasn't petty. This was was petty. This was like, sir, you are out of order. Yes. You are way out of order. Because when I when I read like elected and you know on that that is a claim mm-hmm. for a writer like this, I'm thinking, okay, like was this guy like an MP, an MPP, you know, and not to say that there's anything lesser about municipal politics, it's the level no. of government closer to the people. It's the it's, one that affects your life the most. The most, exactly. The most important as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Agreed. But um to tell me that you're going to you know better about the global inflation. Mm-hmm. That's not what mm-hmm. you're I mean, you deal with the consequences of it, but you're not setting monetary policy. There, you're not developing an economic strategy. You're not diversifying the economy of a nation. So that you're not delivering a public health response in the first major global pandemic in a hundred years for an entire nation. <laughs> yeah, he was just—he was being a ridiculous partisan. Uh, a-hole. I mean, come on. Like his his response to what I had to say was like, oh, he was a drama teacher. I'm like, okay, stop with that. Yeah, that they always go to that one. Yep. He taught one semester to fill in for another teacher. He taught math and literature. Yep. But they like to gloss over that. And then when they use the balanceable budget itself, it's like, let's read the entire quote, shall we? Yep. It just when you when you when you throw that in my face, it shows me how ignorant and biased you are because you're not even using the entire quote you're picking and choosing you're cherry picking and again like i said he goes on about the the vaccines how we took it forever to get and we were in we're in martial law which we never were but the vaccines took forever to get because brian mulrooney sold off our vaccine manufacturing facilities 30 years ago Hmm. so why doesn't that get mentioned oh you didn't mention mulrooney at all right no 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 of course not there was Pierre Trudeau, and then there was the da- the downsizing, the austerity of Chrétien Martin, and yeah. then like this, and and then the terrible stuff that Trudeau now is doing. But the Harper years and the Mulroney years just vanished from history. Well, in the Harper years, let's not forget he was handed a surplus. Yes, the budget was balanced. We which, had a surplus, which he blew on a two percent GST cut, and ran a deficit every single year he was in power after that yeah so but he's an economist <laughs> yeah you know what he did he made rich people richer yeah and he went after us poors yes he did he, he he literally went after us he had cra chase down what he called low-hanging fruit people who could not afford to fight back or defend themselves i know i was a victim of it during those years mm-hmm I was. They chased me down. I could barely make ends meet trying to run a company. And at 2010, I threw the towel in the ring and said, I'm done. Mm. That's it. I can't do this anymore. Mm. But what set me off to respond in that way fully was when you went to blackface. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, I have to send this. As soon as I saw that, I had to send it to you right away because I knew you would have a response. I didn't know your response was going to be like that. But I knew you would respond to it because they always pull that card from the bottom of the deck. And I'm like, okay, look, when you do that, you, you, you have not risen above anything. Again, you are horrible. It's like you saw the clip. Was I in that clip or no, maybe I wasn't. Maybe it was just you. I don't know. But if you're looking at it, it's like, you see my face, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Okay. I'm unidentifiably ethnic looking. Mm-hmm. You look at me, you don't know what, but, but you see my face. Yes. Right? It's like, don't talk to me about blackface. Not cool. 
you see my face. (laughs) I mean, geez, man, come on, come on. I hear you. Uh, Mr. Grizzly, do we have a show? We do, but just before we go, I want to share something that um, I don't think you've seen this yet because I'm sure you would have made mention to me, but this is uh, from former uh, Prime Minister Kim Campbell. Oh, nice. Uh, I'll I'll just scroll down a bit here and read something, and then I'll show you what her response was. So this is on the Twitter. Uh, Stephen Gilbo, on September 10th, he said, flat-out climate denial is not a good look in a national newspaper, but the economic illiteracy is incomprehensible. Clean tech and clean energy are the job drivers of the 21st century. From a National Post article from Conrad Black, Stephen Gilbo's destructive crusade against Canadian prosperity. But let's look at what former Prime Minister Kim Campbell had to say. Consider Ooh. the source. <laughs> I knew you would like that one. Cold blooded. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, ouch! I knew I liked See, her. Well, you know, <laughs> I've, I voted I've, for her. <laughs> I've liked. I've look, and as we've said on my, this show, my first vote, my first vote was for Kim Campbell. Yeah, in a federal election. Look. As I've said, we've said back and forth on this show, we want to see a progressive conservative party in this country again, because it's good, because it helps keep the liberals in check, and it helps keep the NDP in check. We do not have a progressive conservative party in this country anymore. We do not. We haven't for a very long time. We have a reform party that calls themselves conservative, but they're not conservative, and they do not have anybody's interest in mind, but their own and their wealthy donors. That's it. Powerful paychecks because he's going to cut every social program there is. Alberta, did you see what Nate posted? Mm-hmm. What's going on in Alberta with health care? Mm-hmm. And, and there's a, I think there's an article in Global about it. There is systemic um, plans to dismantle all of it and privatize every last bit of it. Yep. So don't say we didn't try to warn you. Indeed. Indeed. Um comment from uh, Kit uh, Linda here. Look at the amount of time Douglas had to take to produce that answer. You both need to get paid to do this. Thank you. Um, thank you. And um, hey, I'm not too proud to accept money. <laughs> we, we do put a lot of time and effort into this and we're always trying to get it better. You know, I'm always investing more money in, in, in the studio and the equipment and I've got some more stuff from Mr. Beaver so we can improve things on his end as well. And uh, hopefully he'll be able to operate from his uh, uh, rebuilt PC because he's got, um, I gave him a good, I gave him an equivalent of this microphone. And instead of spending a thousand dollars on a mixer, I was able to include software with it. So it'll sound closer to this. And that's what we want. We're trying to, you know, keep ourselves as balanced as possible, right? So that we can give you the best possible product from an audiovisual standpoint, because that's the field that I work in. And, you know, we, we want to give you a good show, but we want to have a good production quality too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, so yes, the computer is all set. We just haven't done a test, uh, with it, uh, cause I'd rather not test going on a live show. <laughs> so, but when we get the time to do that, uh, hopefully, although I have to say, I like the background here better than the other one. The other one looks like, especially now that we've moved the bed, it looks like I'm in like a, a little camp. We can put a, I'll get you a green screen. We'll set you up because this is what this is. This is a green screen behind yep. me. All right. So. Uh, I, I like what Cassie Lake has to say here. There's a new progressive conservative party in Manitoba now. It's called the NDP. That's why they won. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Especially when you, if you heard Wob's uh, acceptance speech, those were progressive conservative party talking points. And I can get behind them. That's why I say I'm not a liberal. I'm not a conservative. I'm definitely, well, <laughs> I'm not a liberal. I'm not, I don't belong to any party. But there's, there's goodness from the Liberal Party, the NDP Party, and the Progressive Conservative Party, and the Green Party as well. There's, there's elements of all their platforms that I have admiration for. This Reform Party that's in, 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 in official opposition, no. They have no platform. They voted against every single thing that would help Canadians. And they meant, we're going to hold this up over Christmas. It was 30 hours. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even there for most of it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the Green Party. It just reminded me, because um, we didn't report on it, uh, on uh, at late November, there was a by-election in Ontario for the Kitchener Centre seat. And the Greens won that by-election. Mm. 
given the Green Party of Ontario two seats now in the legislature. A lady named Aislinn Clancy won that by-election. That might be another reason why uh, Doug Ford effed off. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Well, that's how it shows, because with François Legault, remember, in uh, Quebec, he's Mm -hmm. like losing. Uh, The last poll I saw shows them uh, with 19% support. Mm Mm-hmm. In Quebec, so they've off. just plummeted. Well, you know, that's what voting yourself a $30,000 a year raise <laughs> in these times will do for you. You thought yeah. he, ha- he thought he had it like that. He thought that he was the uncle that everybody loved. So he patted his own wallet and then everybody said, hey, and he just went, boom. It's coming, Doug. Oh, yeah. It's coming. I'm going to... Put a link to a chat, uh, a link to a, uh, a tweet thread in the chat here that um, as a response, so a gentleman by the name of Sean Rouse response, response, responses, responds to a tweet from Blaine Higgs, wondering why home prices are out of reach for many. Watch this. And then it's uh, Pierre Polyev's 15-minute uh, uh, documentary. Yeah. Mr. Rouse has points, because somebody's, said to me the other day uh in, in a tweet that oh well, have you seen it it's valid and i go no uh, most of it is complete bullshit yep and mr rouse lists all of them so i'm just going to put the link to it in the chat here Ooh. click on it and give it a read because you'll have the video you'll have blaine so you get blaine higgs response you get the video and you get sean rouse uh sean s-h-a-w-n-r-o-u-s-e you get his point for point uh response uh basically defeating everything in the video it's like the people this pp post has several suggested clarifications that will soon show up under his this specious claim not that i'm a super trudeau fan i just don't like seeing you amplify neocon nonsense mm-hmm. oh, good 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 he's another one that's got to go premier oh, Higgs. yeah yep. all right kids and cops that's the end of this episode of the daily beaver morning show here on the cryer media network we hope that you love listening to us because we love making this for you a little bit of a different show that we had and then we had planned um but technology technology but uh don't worry we'll we'll get to some juicier stuff although i have to say the last little bit was rather juicy (laughs) this is the christmas font by the way (laughs) this is the seasonal font Ooh, I like it. Well, I, I'm not going to say Christmas. It's just a snowman is, is the name of it, but it's a seasonal font. It is very cheerful. I like it. Mm. It has some whimsy. Whimsy. Yes, yes. it has whimsy. I like that word, whimsy. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I, I, we hope that you love I, listening to this. I said that. I don't remember what comes after that all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> because sharing is caring. There you go. Uh, make sure that everyone knows about us. Tell your peeps and poops all about us. We really appreciate that. Um, if you would like to write to us, our email is truenorthegerbeaver at gmail.com. Please do. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, please, stars and reviews. They, they help us and they help get us known. So uh, we appreciate those very much as well. Um, if you would like to make sure that you do not miss an episode whatsoever, thanks to the Ray Girl, you do not have to. That little squiggly down there, that QR code, brings you to our pod page site. That's podpage.com slash the true north eager beaver, lowercase letters with a hyphen between each one of those words. And that way you can make sure you do not miss an episode as soon as it's fresh off the bandwidth. It goes right into your inbox. And if you do like subscribing to things while we have our true north eager beaver media incorporated youtube channel which now according to the kits has at least 500 subscribers which means cha-ching time for us thank you so very much uh like share subscribe three buttons there for you to smash with make like kit elaine and have fun and if you have a couple of loonies uh, or toonies in your pocket that are jingling after you've bought your presents and after you've done your good for the world uh if there's a little leftover and you would like to send it our way we would be very grateful for that and you can contribute to our eager beaver lodge emergency hydration fund via our coffee page the squiggly right by mr grizzly's head will bring you there if you're watching you can scan that with your uh, phone and uh, it'll bring you to our site and if you are listening at home you use your voice command or those lovely digits on those lovely hands to go to coffee ko-fi.com slash 
Beaver, and you will find our tip jar there, as has Kit Cassie, who yesterday, uh, once again, was very kind and generous to us and said, thanks for making my mornings a little brighter when it's tough being a progressive. Kit Cassie, we live to serve, and uh, your repeated generosity to us over the course uh, of this year. Um, we do not have words. Um, you are very, very, very good to us. So um, thank you, sincerely, for all our heart. Um, oh, wow. From the Beaver Lodge. This is your eager beaver saying, it could be a tough world out there, so please be kind to and gentle with yourself. Oh, get saucy. I think we'll, we'll, say, we'll put that uh, in uh, the Easter egg, saucy. Uh, please be kind to and gentle with yourself. Mr. Grizzly, some words of wisdom, please. Uh, I'm going to repeat what, uh, what Cassie said a little bit earlier, if I can find it in the chat here. Um, I thought it was poignant and dead bang on. Here we go. <clears throat> Just remember to be vigilant at all levels of government. Reformers are trying to get their agenda moving at municipal school board. Yep. Provincial school boards. They're yep. they're literally doing this and and this is how they infiltrate and slowly take over if we are not vigilant and, and keeping our eyes peeled. School boards and city council run for something. Run for something. Mm -hmm. Be the decent person in your community that runs for something. All right, kids. Mr. Grizzly, please roll them credits. Uh, let me just find them here. They're somewhere here. I just gotta find. Oh, there, there they are. I got them now. There we are. Go. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. The True North Eager Beaver Podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. We have a little Mateo report here, Mr. Grizzly. Mateo says the lamp behind your head is creepy. <laughs> he thinks it looks okay. like a face. <laughs> okay. Kit Cassie, yeah, right. Cassie says, uh, much love, lads. Life has been good, so I'm sharing. Um, again, we're so grateful. And uh, Miss Sadeka goes, I love the new Christmas font. So fancy. Yes, we are. You already know. <laughs> um, Mr. Grizzly. Uh, I have a, yes, yes, we have a cartoon. Yes. Peace on earth and goodwill to all from Santa in his sleigh. Well, Pierre Polyev munches on a box of apples and says another radical woke agenda. From, you know. Yep. Hey. Wouldn't surprise. It looks me. like Michael Deadder is not having it. <laughs> all right, kids. Have a beaverific day. And thanks, everyone. You guys are really, really great. We love you. Thank you. You take care. We'll see you. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. 
Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.